Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Roaring Glory podcast. We're looking at John Bunyan and his book, Prayer. This is part one of a two-part series we're going to do. The first part was actually published in 1662. It's called Praying in the Spirit. Let's go. That was... That was more than I thought you were going to do. That I didn't know what I was going to do. So you, that's why I paused for a little bit. And it was like an awkward pause. Not only are we talking about praying in the spirit, but you are introing in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Intro in the spirit. Hey, I want to welcome a special guest that we have. Let's welcome him. Welcoming a guy who flies World War II airplanes. This is true. Through the mountains. That happens. Talking about a guy who makes disciples, who make disciples. Talking about a guy who prays. Mm. <clears throat> Talking about a guy who loves sushi. <laughs> Talking about Lauren Thoman. Welcome, Lauren. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That was a pretty good introduction. That was better than my intro. It's easy. That was. I would a, say it's spirit led. Yeah, we're <laughs> introing right. in the spirit today. Watch out. Yeah. All right. Well, as Andy said, we've got the another John Bunyan work. And let me say this, fellas. Somebody once said you need to adopt a dead guy. <laughs> as your as your mentor, who say what? That? I would like to adopt John Bunyan. Yeah, he's been good. helpful. And I also make this statement. That I told you I was going to make a a big statement here. Oh yes, um, the most impactful books outside of the Bible on my life have been books on prayer. Period. Mm. The first one was Praying the Bible by Don Whitney. Um, and I know this one has already began to change things and add words and understanding to things that I was groaning or feeling or confused about that, and he's bringing some great clarity. And I think he's most apt to uh, write this um, book on prayer as he's in jail, Mm. right? As he's in the midst of suffering. Um, so, you know, what a good context to write on prayer. I can agree with that. I was super convicted. Uh, and we're only, this first part's only like 60 pages. So we're not even halfway into this thing. Yeah, and it's it's not something to visit once. Yeah. It's something to go over. Was that your experience? Oh, yeah. This is something I'm going to have to go back and reread and journal and, mm-hmm. and, and digest. It's like a banqueting table, like I was saying, that's been prepared by an amazing chef, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Need to uh, digest it and go back and rebrowse the table some more. Yeah. So let's get into it then. What do we got in chapter one? What did you guys see in John Bunyan's book on prayer? Chapter one. My title, let's see if we've got the same titles, What True yeah. Prayer Is. There you go. Uh, the very first paragraph. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's he's basically explaining look at that. it. Boxed it out. You boxed it. You boxed, boxed the whole look, thing. Look at him. He's got it. Wow, we all. <laughs> look at that. Maybe we should read it then. Just go ahead. Prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit for such things as God has promised or according to his word for the good of the church with submission and faith to the will of God. And what he's going to do here with that definition 
is unpack it kind of uh, phrase by phrase through the rest of the book. Yeah, I really like that, that he, he lays it out here in the beginning and then he unpacks it and he goes through it, kind of kind of expositing his own definition almost. Yeah. Um, what stood out to you guys in that first paragraph? Because I've got a couple things that I double underlined that stood out. Oh, well. Did anything specific when you first read that? Well, hit that, the double underlines. I don't want to hear what that Well, is. I double underlined the word for. Uh, so, In that first paragraph? Yes, in strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit for such things mm-hmm. as God has promised or according to his word. So uh, I know there are a lot of teachers who teach to pray for things that we really shouldn't be, and those are false teachers. But um, also in our own prayer life, we get selfish and distracted mm-hmm. by things of the world or things we think we need or things we want instead of letting Scripture and God's word provide um our prayer, well, really our prayer, yeah. so that we're praying for things that God has promised or uh, according to his His word, mm-hmm. kind of in line. That's why we say according to his will, but kind of in line with his word. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get into that um, towards the end of the, the book there. Um, just what you can expect if you are not desiring to pray according to his will. Uh, you can expect nothing. Mm. You can expect silence, but persistent prayer submitted to his will will yield fruitful prayer. Yeah. Amen. Lauren, what do you got there? No, I'll just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you know, another thing that I love that Bunyan does probably more than any Puritan, which is probably Mm -hmm. saying a lot, but I think it's true. And I think Spurgeon picked up on this when he said, if you prick him anywhere, he bleeds biblene. This this is basically a recitation of Scripture mm-hmm. in in the fashion to teach us about prayer. It's it, it just, you know, you catch yourself going two or three pages and basically all you've read is big, uh, <laughs> yeah. big chunks of Scripture. Yeah. And the first one he starts out with is Psalm uh, 66, 17, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Hmm. So he starts with holiness. And I think he's, well, he's going from the first part of that uh, paragraph, prayer is sincere, pouring out of the soul. Yeah. yeah. And that's something, you know, you kind of have to refer back to, although he, he starts each section with a reminder of what he's going to talk about from that first paragraph. Mm-hmm. At least mine is laid out with numbers yeah. even. Yeah. Um, but that's super helpful to to remember that whole definition because he's going to just exposit that and use scripture to do it. So, did you guys catch his uh, definition of sincerity there in the middle of the third paragraph? What page is that on? It's on page fourteen in our book. Yeah, it says sincerity is the same in a corner alone as it is before the face of all the world. Mm. Sincerity is akin to integrity. Right. That's where my head went. Yeah. It's not a lip labor, as mm. he calls it, not lip service. Yeah. Heart, heart and soul, I mean. <laughs> you know, he uses that or that phrase uh, a few times throughout mm-hmm. this book, lip labor, and that's a good uh, reminder. He's not about, definitely not about the uh, 
common prayers of the day that came from a book yeah called the book of common prayer yeah you guys were talking about that <clears throat> before we started mm-hmm. yeah that was an attempt by the uh, government and the church ran government of the day to dictate to the people here's here's what's appropriate and here's what's not type of thing and we yeah. see that today quite frankly um, oftentimes or in some of the books of on prayer they say well here's how you do it and people are looking for that quick checkbox mm-hmm. the formula you know it's way much more than that as we were learned in this book <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on a rabbit trail already as we start here six <laughs> minutes in okay um so with the you know what our generation time is used to the sinner's prayer right would that be kind of a can you know you repeat after me or you know it's written down somewhere and you Normally with kids, you're like, you just you know, say this prayer. Would that be kind of akin to that? Yeah, and also, I mean, even using the Lord's Prayer. You know, here's they say this, and people say it just wrote with no understanding, with no spirit, being spirit-led, yeah. with no apl- application of, of what it really is meaning, no change of heart. So it's, um, it's a very dangerous place, and I struggle in that myself. You know, even even say, well, I'm going to read the script. I'm going to pray the scripture. Well, that's great because the scripture is alive. It is God's word. It is Christ Himself. However, what's the heart? You know, is my heart, my my mind aligning with what's going on there by the Spirit? So it's it's a it's a tactic of the enemy, right? To uh, to dilute the truth. Yeah, he get he got into the Lord's prayer somewhere in there mm-hmm. yeah he was on. he was asking the question are you going to pray thy will be done mm-hmm. and believe it mm. want it he also got in <laughs> he also started even with my father who art in yeah, heaven yeah. i mean do you, do we really understand and can we say that if we're not believers yeah you know, that was awesome because he was yeah. he was like you need to understand the gravity yeah. of calling god your father yeah. let's let's talk about what it means to say abba father right yeah and how can we say that except through Christ and his work on the cross? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, as we go through this, I hope that people will see or hear and, uh, and take heed to, to pick up this book. He helps you meditate on what you're doing. We so often flippantly go through prayers. He warns against offering lip labor. Hey, God, I need this. Well, God, would you do this? Amen. Okay, now I can start my day. Exactly. And he's like, uh, uh-uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that last that last uh, sentence there it says it reminds us that God looks at the heart, mm-hmm. and that is where prayer comes from, if it be true, true prayer. prayer. So, what do you think about about written prayers? Is it acceptable at some point in time to write a prayer and recite it? Can you write a prayer from the heart and then just recite it verbally at a later time? I, I think yes, but I don't know if reciting it later is prayer. if you're yeah if you're gonna have the same desire or heart or be led uh, to say it later because sometimes certain psalms will like make me cry literally cried while I'm praying them like. Re- and then I'll go back, and it won't have that effect just based on the season of life. And we've talked about this before with books you read. Ian Murray said, like, 
is one book for one guy works at one time while at the same time that book may not do anything mm-hmm. for another person. And and I think it's the same with Psalms and, and those types of prayers. If you're reciting a scripture or you're using scripture as a, a baseline to pray, it it may be the foundation of your prayer and it, it may be led by the Spirit at a certain time, but maybe later on it's not. So I think kind of the same idea. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, and it goes it says states that um John John states that in that next section where it says sometimes prayer has in it a sensibleness of diverse things. The first paragraph under two. Sometimes sense of sin, sometimes of, of mercy received, sometimes of the readings of God to give mercy. So to your point, Andy, there are times when I'm just brought to my knees by certain psalms. And other times I read them and it's like, okay, I, I want to keep reading because I'm not, you know, it's not, there's not, some, the Holy Spirit's not moving in that, in in this particular point. And then God wants to maybe bring encouragement to me versus brokenness, you know, whatever the situation might be that I'm facing, that I need, that he knows I need, because he knows me better than I know myself, mm. right? Yeah. Is Bunyan calling for a... Uh a heightened uh, emotional response, or is he calling for a, a stirring of your affections by real meditation on the real truth of God's existence as Father and His desire for us to pour out our soul to Him? And he's he's not he's not calling right for you to to just like wait till you feel, but mm-hmm. is he calling for you to actually? Be uh, be moved by the realities that exist. Yeah, I think that second word in that definition is the sincere, sensible, is the word mm-hmm. that you're talking about there. And it's and while we are we are created beings and we have feelings, the feelings aren't what's driving it, not leading us. It's the Holy Spirit in us driving and leading us. Right? It's, it's a spirit led, a powerful. Um, the part I love the <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of us, but it's it's a. It's a form of godliness that has power go. versus a form of godliness that hasn't does not have power that it talks yeah. about in Jude, right? Right. So absolutely not emotional led at all. It's emotionalism, <laughs> but a spirit led, a spirit empowered, Holy Spirit empowered prayer. He says, if it not be in the strength and by the assistance of the Spirit, it is but like the sons of Aaron offering strange fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the end of the first paragraph under the fourth section there uh he he says i say that which is not petitioned through the teaching and assistance of the spirit cannot be according to the will of god right so and he he cites romans 8 26 and 27 but kind of that same idea we're not emotionalists we're being led by the spirit according to the teaching of of the spirit uh, which is of god's word and God's will, and then he assists us in that prayer, like you guys were saying. Beautiful. I, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I, my book's all lined up. It's hard to read it. It says, prayer is pouring out of the heart or soul. There is, a, there is in prayer an un, uh, unbosoming of a man's self, an opening of the heart to God, an affectionate pouring out of the soul in request and sighs and groans. All my desires before thee, says David. That's Psalms 38, 9. And my groaning is not hid from thee. And he continues with, with scripture after scripture. 
Yes. I you, think. Yeah. I think. <laughs> you just because I was thinking while you're saying that, like who, who has this kind of understanding of prayer? Why does he have this understanding that he can pour himself out to a holy God because he recognizes God is holy? Mm-hmm. But then he got you got to the end of that sentence and it was like scripture after scripture after scripture. So he he knows God's word. He believes it's true, and then that leads him to believe that God wants him to come to him and pray and. And that leads him to pour out all that he is. I love that word, to pour out my soul, right? Yeah. To Just to be completely vulnerable, knowing that, <laughs> yes, God's a holy God, and yes, God's a God of love and grace and mercy and a just God on top of that. And yet, but God accepts our prayers, the brokenness, the heart, contrite heart. He abides with them. He lives with them. God does. Amen. Plus, I think he feels a solemnity with well, what, David, what, what was that a solemnity you're gonna make me define it yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, uh a one ship uh identifying with um a kinship uh did i already say kinship twice um but anyways he identifies his current situation as like a david or a paul and he references david in the psalms praying a lot of times because john bunyan is in prison mm. And that was a Bedford, that Bedford gall or that jail. So he understands something that those guys understood who wrote biblical prayers. Mm-hmm. And so he's identifying with that. Go ahead. Well, Lord. it's uh, on that fifth fifth point, prayer is sincere, sensible, mm-hmm. affectionate, pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ and the strength and assistance of the Spirit for such things. That's getting to back to what Andy said, for such things as God has promised. I was reading that next section. Yeah. And it remo- I was taken back in my memory to when I was in college and I did a study on Psalms 119 on the number of times it says, according to thy word. Mm. And I wrote, I stopped reading, I was like, man, this is like Psalms 119, according to thy word, repeated over and over. And I looked back, so I kept reading, and there they all were. <laughs> Psalms 119, 25 to 28, 41, 42, 58, 65, 74, and so on. I mean, there's many more. Yeah. So just that first sentence I have underlined starred right under section five there. Prayer is only true when it is within the compass of God's word. Mm-hmm. It is blasphemy or at best vain babbling when the petition is unrelated to the book. Mm-hmm. That Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. This 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 was big. This is this was really a big portion of the book, especially because at the end of this section here, and it's amazing that he he could do this within a page. <laughs> this is a page worth of, of it was unreal, but anyways, he he the real life application or the real life example of this is Jesus, uh, who himself he says made a stop, although his life lay at stake for it. He's praying according to what the will of the Lord is, mm-hmm. despite the fact that that means um, he dies because as he identifies. Um, scripture has to be fulfilled. He could call 12 legions of angels to his side, but Scripture must be fulfilled. He is submitted wholly to that in prayer, Lord, your will be done, and according to your word, this is your will. Let's do it. Yeah. And it says at the very end of there, it says, it is, it is a praying that according then according to the word and promise, the spirit of the word must direct in the matter as well as the matter of prayer. I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding also. 
but there is no understanding without the word. For if they reject the word of the Lord, see what wisdom is in them. Mm-hmm. And all these are scripture have scripture references behind them. Yeah. In other words, you have to get this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's eight dollars yeah, on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's move to uh, well, okay. Ian's Ian's chapter one for the good of the church, and that's a big um, idea as well. We are we are to pray if if. He, he, he says that Christ desires nothing more than her, his bride, mm-hmm. um, the church. Um, you know, I don't know, I, certainly, um, but also he desires to glorify the Father and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So uh, we have to remember um, his great desire for the church as we pray that uh, he he will sanctify her, he will cleanse her, she will be brought blameless before him. And so we are to pray to those ends. This is If this is so valuable to him, then you can't disregard praying for the church. Yeah, and if he's given us those promises already, like why would we not pray for things we know he's going to do and uh, be willing to be a part of that? We're not going to make it through. We could <laughs> We could literally spend hours on this first part Trying to keep it short for you guys, but we'll see where we end well, up. Well, what, what are we seeing in, in chapter 2 here? Chapter 2, what it is to pray in the Spirit. What it is. What? <laughs> what do you got, Lauren? It says, there is no man nor church in the world. Let me repeat that. There is no man nor church in the world that can come to God in prayer but by the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, then he, and then he quotes Ephesians 2, 18, Romans 8, 26, and 27, mm-hmm. and others. Yeah, and then he begins to unpack that. Praying uh, according to the will of God, the Spirit interprets for us groanings too deep for words, that kind of thing in this chapter. And uh, belabors the point about seeing our sin, our misery as a starting point to know how to pray, finding ourselves the wretched worms, uh, finding ourselves the great need of God's grace and mercy, dependent upon him and all things, seeing ourselves for who we are so that we are in the proper posture, he says, of prayer. I don't want to get too far on the on a rabbit trail here, but I was talking with a friend last last week about this very thing about our our pop culture in the church, for lack of a better term, right now. Their focus is on the love of God and and what God must see in them. So really, they're mm-hmm. focused on themselves, but they never focus on their own unworthiness, and it leads into this arrogance and pride and uh, kind of disregarding of the holiness of God when we only focus on God's love and why he must love us like it yeah you know, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say here I, I do this is all I heard at the worship at uh, the Southern Baptist Convention a couple of weeks ago it and it was the repetitive, yeah. You know, he loves me. He loves me, which he does, and he that's does. amazing that a holy God would even have one thought about us. But if you back up to who he is, then that phrase means more than just repeating it seven times to make yourself feel better. Yeah, it means more when you understand who you are in comparison to him, which yeah. is nothing. Yeah. And then to realize he loves me is everything. 
So I sorry to get sidetracked there. I just get really I get really discouraged when people think of themselves as more than they should and almost almost like they're worthy of God's love. Mm-hmm. And that does not create uh prayer life. No. No, more lip labor. Cuz you don't need to pray if you're worthy. No. No, you don't. Why do you need a physician if you're well? Mm. Mm, preach and okay. care. <laughs> <laughs> but then, the, but there he goes. He goes off here in the um, last half of that chapter to the Lord's Prayer. My Father and hallowed be thy name. He mm. investigates those two phrases, most importantly. Gosh, I've got so many things Thank that you. I want to say. <laughs> We're running low on time here. We may have, we should have done like two parts on this first part. He, we well. should enjoy the journey more, I think, guys. <laughs> Lauren was frustrated because we made him read faster than he wanted to. But listen, that should be a call for you to read the book. Yeah, get the book. Yeah. <laughs> we can't we can't give you everything that you're gonna get from the book. Yeah. You know. And uh this will drive you further into your scriptures to think about, well, Oh, wow. You know, he does say this, to have an eye for what it looks like to approach God, how these men did that. You look like you found something. Oh, just back to your our point about, let me just read here on the page, bottom page 29, uh, back to our Father from the Lord's Prayer. It may be your chief. It may be your chief prayer is our Father which art in heaven, etc. Do you know the meaning of the very first words of this prayer? Can you indeed, with the rest of the saints, cry, "Our Father"? Are you truly born again? Have you received the Spirit of adoption? Do you see yourself in Christ, and can you come to God as a member of Christ, or are you ignorant of these things and yet dare you say, "Our Father"? It continues. So just it's a really a challenging book, an encouraging book, and uh, a book that sets things right. You know, sometimes I forget to start there as a pastor, uh, especially with people that I haven't had the privilege of journeying with on their spiritual journey. Um, do you do you know God? Do you desire Him? And this is the questions he's asking. And they're completely legitimate to ask, because what what is prayer if you don't know Him? Yeah. yeah, and so the point there is, on one hand, lip service, not knowing Him, just saying what you've heard other people say to say, or a a Holy Spirit transformed heart, speaking mm. from that, right from the fact that you are His child. It's yeah. nothing of yourself, but He does love you because of. His love for Christ is perfect, unearned, (laughs) and we get that, right, because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. Mm -hmm. There's an an awesome part of the first chapter. I don't mean to take us backwards, but he (laughs) cites Hebrews 11, 6, Mm -hmm. and then says, and so he that comes to God through Christ must be enabled to know Christ. That's right. And there's a lot of focus in that section on on Christ and why it is um, that knowing him is so important, and you guys just laid that out. It's the only way we come to God in prayer. So there's six chapters in this first part, and we've covered about a half of one. <laughs> um, 
chapter two. chapter four queries and objections and i i really like that the puritans do that this is kind of pauline they ask a question and then answer it themselves yeah. rhetorical questions yeah you skipped chapter three did i i thought we were covering chapter three what did it, we oh, were on too. My bad. My bad. <laughs> what it is to pray with the Spirit and with understanding. I guess I skipped ahead and we didn't ever get there. This one kind of unpacks First uh, Corinthians fourteen. Paul says, "If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but because he's King James version here, but my understanding, um, I will pray then with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding also." So you know, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit but understand? What to pray for, about how? Pause. Well, and he he breaks that down. The understanding, and he breaks it into five or six different, mm-hmm. seven different uh, examples from the word again of what that means. He and, gives a he gives a good illustration here that will really sum it up he's got two two men one is naked and poor and Mm -hmm. lame the other one is just fine and they're both praying well who's whose prayer is most sincere heartfelt it's the person who understands or feels um his current situation i guess is what he's getting at his need his need yeah 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 he feels the pain so or oh for as he that feels the pain needs not to be taught to cry. You don't have to teach a baby how to cry. Mm. That's true. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you both know that. <laughs> You're going to know that. Roaring Glory listeners, listen up. There's going to be oh boy. a new Roaring Glory Did you taught. Say boy? Did you say boy? A boy? I did say oh boy. Oh, oh boy. But I don't know yet. Boy. We don't know yet. Um, yeah. we've already pushed past five minutes where you wanted to stop. So no, so, we've got a, my timer says thirty. Oh well. <laughs> so Anyways. so just a one one final thought I had just to share. Actually, maybe two thoughts here. One is I, I keep go, I go back to what we said. What I said earlier is having a form of godliness but denying its power would be a person that says they're a believer and doesn't spend time in sincere prayer with the Father. And the the last part of this chapter, or the, yeah, this, chap, this part of the book ends with the following. It's almost like a, a blessing or a prayer from John. It says, The Lord in mercy turn the hearts of the people to seek more after the spirit of prayer and in the strength of that, to pour out their souls before the Lord. The Lord in mercy turned the hearts of the people to seek more after the spirit of prayer, and in the strength of that, to pour out their souls before the Lord. That's my prayer for my friends and family, is to pray by the spirit of prayer, by the Holy Spirit, and in his strength to pour out their souls before the Lord, because he loves, he does love them. Yeah, and he more, wants them to come into his presence. Yeah, more and more. Uh, is it Paul and Thessalonians that says, mm-hmm. "Do this more and more"? Because mm. you've loved each other, do it more and more. And I heard John Piper say, 
I don't think anybody will get to heaven and say, "Ah, oh, man, I prayed too much." <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And the very the very last of last the chapters uh, is it chapters over here? The six, the conclusion. There's twelve twelve things here that it's just the bottom line for me. And he he runs through it mm. and he closes out the chapter with it. It's really very very powerful. Yeah. Um, I'm walking away here with a few points. Prayer is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, requires the Spirit. He alone knows how to interpret our groanings and cries according to the will of God, mm-hmm. which is a major point in the book. Uh, but also persevere by the Spirit as Jacob doesn't let go of God and mm-hmm. is so named um, for his after his wrestling with God and the people are named as after him, uh, given a name that is supposed to communicate that they are a people that continuously cry out to God, but they forget to. Um, what kind of name do we carry and what does God um, desire for his people? And we just kind of went over Revelation 4 and 5 in our worship, and we saw that the these creatures, heavenly creatures and elders, are these got these bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They are that precious and beautiful and sweet aroma to the Lord who will uh, glorify his name through the prayers of his saints. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's awesome to think about. So you have to get this book. <laughs> get the we'll, book. We, we'll revisit it in the next episode, yeah. surely. Lauren's going to come back for part two. Lauren's you can give you more time to read the book. Yeah. We, yeah. we <laughs> might have to split part two into two parts itself. Okay. Because it's a little longer and that's just going to be... Yeah, if we get, you know, you guys want to hear more on prayer, you need to hear more on prayer. We need to hear more on prayer. This yeah. book is maybe the most important one we've done so far. It, yeah. more. We did mortification of sin, didn't we? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you bring those lessons, you know, into prayer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then prayer is the way that you communicate and apply all these things in a the, in the real way. Those two for sure. This This one has been super helpful. So get the book. Read it, and then you'll know where we're at next time we meet. Yes, I love it.